We are back. It is episode 215 of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what's going on? Not much, man. Thanks for uh, agreeing to jump on rather uh, rather quickly when I texted you. What do you mean rather quickly? It's 8 o'clock. It's the usual time. <laughs> yeah, but, I, you know, I was tired, so, I, you know, just... That's cool. Yeah, that's a long. So, uh, so how's your week week been? Um, this is very good. Not not too much of note outside of my, you know, regular workouts and what such. Cool, but uh, can't can't complain. Now, okay, you know what? I I've been on TikTok and more seeing all these videos. Apparently, something is supposed to happen on September twenty fourth. Supposed to be the end of the world. You know what? People really are bored, aren't they? Uh you know, actually, I had not heard of that. You know, you know, you know what happened today? My brother, my brother bought a new motorcycle. That's all that happened. Well, what did he get? He got a Harley Davidson. Well, I know, I know, but what, what, you know, there's different kinds. Oh, um, no, no, I'm, I'm not sure the name of it. He, because I didn't see good, like he was, it was in the driveway and uh, he was fixing and stuff. Oh, very good. Yeah. So, which brother was this? Uh, the one that lives here. Is that Joe or is that the other one? No, it's Paul. Oh, very good. Yep. So that's all that happened. It's not the end of the world, so fans relax, just have fun. Uh, I know. <laughs> and and, and speak, speaking of you know, the end of the world with these white rabbit teases. Now, uh, I'm going to tell, tell you about that. I'm gonna, we're going to talk a bit about that uh, on the Raw, on the raw segment. But yeah. I, I, I picked up a, I uh, watched a couple of videos today. Now, you know I'm always uh, finding these weird movies to scare you with. Yes. Uh, uh, the, the latest one was uh, Clown Nato. However, uh, um, today I was watching, well, today and last night I was watching a couple of documentaries called, uh, there were two Elvis ones and then, and I was watching the 25th anniversary Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concerts. Oh, very good. Yeah, so that's uh, basically what I saw and that is about it. Um, we have our usual tonight, we have Raw, Smackdown, AEW. And of course, we have the return of NXT, the real NXT. Well, no, that no, that didn't happen on Tuesday. the 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 return of the real NXT isn't happening until October. Well, no, I'm saying like this. We're on the road to the return of the real NXT. Oh, very, very good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, sorry. I mean, it started with the new logo. Yeah, I love this logo. Well, any anything is a vast improvement over the fucking crayon logo. <laughs> Do you understand why what what that was? I I finally I was finally told uh what uh no I think you were the one that told me uh, what it was right the behind that logo or no 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 it was on the other show. So, uh, I was well, finally what told. Is it? What is it then? It's two point It was like a new coat of paint. So that was the the, the oh, behind God. the behind the, that, the that, paint splashed uh, thing. That is so lame. <laughs> yeah, 
That's ridiculously lame. Okay. All right. So, uh, oh, and then uh, at the end, after we cover the weekend wrestling, I got a couple of lists for you. Oh, uh, we, I, we we haven't done a top ten themes in a while. So no, I found no, we have not. So I found two of them for you. Okay, well that'll be fun. All right, and um, so we see we get into Monday Night Raw. Well, usually, if if this had been in the Vince McMahon era of things, I would have been like, do we have to? But now I'm actually quite excited because I thought I thought that this episode of Raw was very very good. Now I only have one low point. Everything else was all high points for me. Okay. So for high points, I've got uh, Lashley and Seth Rollins. Absolutely. Kevin Owens and Austin Theory. Uh, Street Street Profits and the Brawling Brutes and Mysterio and Riddle versus Judgment Day and Alexa Bliss and Bailey. Oh man, you are entirely too hospitable with your high points. Why? What's wrong? Because specifically Bailey and Oscar, I didn't like that very much. Or not 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 Bailey and Oscar, Bailey and Alexa Bliss. No. No. Wait, did I see Bailey and I said Bailey and Alexa Bliss, right? Yes. Oh okay, yeah. Alright, um and for the low point the damage control uh, celebration. Yeah. Okay, well you've uh, you've redeemed yourself. I was briefly allergic to what I thought was a bullshit take. But um Pardon? <laughs> Yeah, so well, well like, uh, me. like I said what? I, think, I think you were entirely what? too high. What? <laughs> Well, well played, sir. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do you have? Do you have anything to add? Um. Well, largely, I agree with your high points. Um, my minus Asuka and Alexa Bliss, and I also Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Or yeah, why do I keep saying Asuka? Um, and then um, I uh. I also I didn't I didn't really like um I didn't really like the uh brawling bruise versus the street profits. Not that there's anything wrong with the match. Of, of course not, but I'm just saying um we, we've seen we've seen better from both of these teams. Okay. You know, in in a previous match that they had. Right. Um, and then um and then the other thing too is it was dead obvious who was gonna win because you know the Brawling Brutes couldn't afford to lose because they were gonna have a match with the Usos on SmackDown. So to, to me, when it when a match is uh, when a match's outcome is like a foregone conclusion, it kind of takes me out of it. But maybe that's just me from watching wrestling too long. But you know, it's just one of my isms, so to speak. Oh okay. Um, and then and then low uh low points um because you absolutely nailed all the other high points with with Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and you know you did very well with your high points but lo- low points was definitely the damage control celebration um 
I, I, I don't know about you, Elio. Let, let's talk about this a little bit because when when Damage Control debuted at um, SummerSlam, I was I was over the moon to the moon with excitement. Uh, pardon the Cameron Grimes pun. Um, but, you know, I, I was very excited about that, and I don't know what it is, but but number one, the crowd isn't re- responding to damage control at all, it seems like. And, um, and se- secondly, um, where where are we going with this? What's the, what's the mission statement for for um, damage control? Because I, you know, they want to take over the entire women's locker room. Well, and and they certainly have the talent to do so between the three ladies, but but I don't know what it is. Something is not connecting here with the audience. Okay. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I I don't know um, what uh, what the, where they're going with this. I mean, uh, and is it just me or have they been losing all their matches or most of their matches? Yeah, it does seem like that. Yeah, okay. Uh, see, I don't understand. Even Bailey. Yeah, well, I I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't. I couldn't really uh, hazard a yes, but but I I really would have thought damage control would have taken off, and I think as demonstrated by this quote unquote celebration segment. Now we'll get into this more um, even on the dynamite side of things because uh, you know next week's dynamite is gonna or this week's dynamite I should say. Is going to have a championship celebration for Chris Jericho, which, which we're going to cover in um, in great detail a little bit later on, uh, both in both in the Dynamite review and a um, a question specifically about Chris Jericho winning the ROH title. But I think, as we know, being the long-term wrestling fans. Whenever there's a wedding or a championship celebration, it just never goes very well. When's the championship celebration? What are you talking about? Um, apparently he's gonna. Um, apparently Chris Jericho is gonna have a championship oh, celebration oh, on Dynamite. Oh, next week. On oh, next week, right? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I was like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> no, no. But um. <laughs> But yeah, getting back to Raw, you know, it's just this, this segment was completely lame and just unnecessary. All right, now, um, first, now, uh, this whole white rabbit thing, Ben. Now, I'm gonna play a video for you, okay? Okay, doke. All right, fans will be back uh, shortly. All right, Ben. I'm going to play a video for you, and uh, this is in reference to this whole white rabbit thing, all right? Are you ready? Okay, yep. Okay, guys, hear me out on this, please. So we all know how this whole white rabbit thing is currently going on in WWE. I have a major theory. What if that it actually is Bray Wyatt? 
and that this whole white rabbit thing is his Firefly Funhouse characters coming to life. What if Rambling Rabbit is the white rabbit who is also Carrion Cross? And Abby the Witch is also Scarlet. Just hear me out. Because also, what if Mercy the Buzzard is also Dexter Loomis? Bringing all these characters to life. And the puppet master is Bray Wyatt. And this is an entire new faction. Look, all I'm saying is, this is about to get real serious real quick. You know, usually, usually when I hear those kind of fan theories, I tend to laugh. However, um, as we discussed off the air yesterday, um, I like a lot of that theory. I, I do. It makes it sound very interest, very interesting, and that is something that I would be down to watch, absolutely. So, but the issue there, and I believe that we were both in agreement with a massive uh, flaw in that plan, so to speak. Well, after after that though, I have you seen um Karen Cross as a white rabbit? Uh no, I have not. All right. I, okay. I know, I know where it's from from Lucha no. Underground. Okay, but okay, see, I went on YouTube and I looked up uh, Karen Cross White Rabbit. You remember yeah. before uh, he was released, he had his shaved head and all that. Yeah. That's basically what he what what his white rabbit character is. It's just him, and like he's got a, like his face was painted. Oh, well. White, white, white with like a black around the eyes and like kind of and the nose and the mouth. Well, um, like like I said, I mean, it's not it's not as if I would be um against it, especially especially in a faction with uh, Bray Wyatt. I do think that that would lead to some interesting. Uh, possibilities and definitely storytelling elements that um, now the only thing that's missing is Huskus and you're not going to believe the name that uh, I heard uh, for who that could possibly be oh god well I believe it because uh, but uh, apparently they're saying that would be Braun Strowman oh Christ um, yeah. well unfortunately that makes a lot of sense yeah that's why uh, i was I, that's why i was saying like you're not gonna believe that but um it does make sense <laughs> but see the my only problem with that is excuse me uh carrying cross just came back yeah like he just came back after being grossly mismanaged the first time he uh he came up to the main roster and so now in in the second run we're finally getting carrying cross as he's meant to be and he's just now picking up steam with this program with um 
Drew McIntyre because you know that that was put on hold um, pr- pretty much uh, while he built up his match with Roman Reigns at um, at uh, Clash at the Castle. So my question is, why would you um, why would you introduce this new gimmick for Karrion Cross when when his original gimmick is finally finally getting going just now? However, what if now they're having their strap match at Extreme Rules, right? Yeah. What if? He does come out with his at Extreme Rules. He does come out with his face painted, and we get the introduction of uh, the new faction. And their first uh, target is Drew McIntyre's. Well, I think again, I think that I think that that's a stretch. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying I completely disagree or I'm against that. It's just I don't. I don't think that Karrion Cross has anything to do with this. I think I I understand the assumption that he might be involved because of the White Rabbit connection from Lucha Underground, um, and and it completely makes sense. And I I do think Scarlet would tie in nicely with the Witch and all that stuff. You know, I don't I don't disagree with you. I just think that. Karrion Cross has his own stuff that's finally getting going. Um, you know, he's been so good since he came back, you know, and, and unfortunately the program was stalled because of the because of the match between McIntyre and Reigns. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And everything coming out of the out of the White Rabbit tees, um just um it screams Bray Wyatt to me so you know I'm just I'm just kind of dubious like like because the I don't know about you but like the first thing that I want to see from Bray Wyatt would not be him in a faction because we, okay. we've, we've seen that before I'm not saying he, he couldn't do a compelling job again in the future but the first thing I want to see out of Bray Wyatt is him continuing the character that was destroyed by, um, by uh, you know, Vince. I don't know. It, well, then again, I, I, I don't know. I, can he come back as the Fiend? He certainly can. Um, you know, but are we gonna are we gonna get the Eater of the Worlds, Bray Wyatt? Or are we gonna get you know? Um, you know, Wyatt family, Bray Wyatt. I I don't know, but but all I'm saying is that I want to I want to see where Bray Wyatt's um, you know, trajectory can go with him as a solo act, maybe, or you know, if he's got to be with somebody, the most logical person to put him with is Alexa Bliss, because because this whole Lily thing has got to die. <laughs> it, it's just god awful. So um, we're gonna step aside because our uh, you know our virtual executive producer is frantically wiggling his fingers at us with a countdown. Yep. Um, so we're gonna leave you just briefly with that thought, 
Well, we're, uh, are, are we uh, are we done? Uh, is that all we have for Raw? Yeah, yes. As, as short as that was, I, I think I think Raw is just about done. All right, very good. So we'll be back with NXT and cool. AEW, and we are back. We are now going to get into our review of NXT, the road to the to the real NXT. Yeah. Uh- and I don't know about you, brother, but I am so um, so looking forward to this. Now, I men- I've mentioned on um, either last week's show or the week before, I can't remember, I don't expect NXT Black and Gold to be back. I don't. Uh, like I said, I think I think recapturing that is like is like capturing lightning in a bottle place in one lifetime. It's just not going to happen. Um, you know, there are a lot of those talents that are over in AEW now, uh, number one. And number number two, uh, some, things are, some things are magical once, and then when you try to recreate them, it's like a bad sequel. And I don't, I don't want to see that happen with, with NXT uh, Black and Gold. Um, however, that, with that being said, this, uh, NXT 2.0, uh, was nothing short of an abject failure. So anything, anything that can get us closer to, um, um, to an NXT rebirth, whatever that might entail, anything has got to be better than what we've seen for the last year, because, Outside of a select number of, of talents, which we've gone over, you know, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, uh, Solo Sokoa, um, you know, Tony D'Angelo. Um, I think outside of those names, Santos Escobar, of course. Um, I think outside of those, there's a there's a drastic dip in quality um, as as it relates to the current NXT roster outside of those names. So, um, you know, and, and we've seen what Triple H has done with Raw and uh, SmackDown with, with this eight, nine-week period since he's taken over. So if, if this rebirth means that he's going to start touching on NXT, then I'm, then I'm all for that. Um and um, you know, don't ask me why because I typically don't watch uh, NXT since uh, since 2.0 came into being. But for some reason, I I caught it about 15 minutes in to the episode this past Tuesday, and I I decided to uh, to watch it. Hence why I can give you highs and low highs and lows on on this episode. Um, Right, so uh, here are my high points. I have yeah. Nathan Frazier and Axiom, uh, match number two of three. Because okay. they, they were in, in a best of three series going on. Yes, yes it is. I give it to Cord Jade and Wendy Chu. Oh God, you and Wendy Chu, what is it? With what? You and, 
let me tell you something. We are on WPOV. We are trying our best, Tony and I, to get Clay to climb aboard the choo choo train with us. <laughs> ben, you have to do the same thing. <laughs> I am sorry. If you just say <laughs> climb aboard the choo choo train. Yeah, be a Wendy Choo fan for once. <laughs> Good God in heaven. Um, no, I'm. I'm with Clay on this one. It's good. It's going to be a tag team scenario of me and Clay versus you and Tony over the fate of Wendy Chu. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, I don't care. She wrestles in pajamas, you know, and her wrestling puts me to sleep. Outside, outside of the, outside of that one match that she had with Tiffany Stratton, which which I talked about several weeks ago. I have been drastically unimpressed with the new Wendy too. Fine. And my my final high point, Jeannie McDonough versus Tyler Bate. Yes. That that now that match was fucking awesome. Why can't we get why couldn't we get more of that on NXT 2.0? Talking about the actual match. The actual match was fantastic. Um so yeah, that would that would definitely be the highest of my high points. You know, I was um, I I've been I've been very open with the fact that I just ha- I hadn't been up with NXT UK prior to its uh, prior to its folding for quite a while. But I was kind of I was kind of sad that um. It was closing down because I did I didn't want um, a lot of those talents to be released, especially you know towards the top of the roster. But with with, with them being integrated into NXT now, and I'm assuming that they're going to play a major role in the um, in the rebirth of NXT. Um, you know I'm I'm down for that, and one of one of my favorites. Uh, aspects of that is Tyler Bate. Um, you know, the first time I saw him, he was 19, and now he's 25. And you know, my I'll I'll admit to you because of my limited exposure to NXT UK and all that stuff, um, I'm not overly familiar. But the matches that I have seen um, from Tyler Bate. Um, a lot of a lot of those have fallen into the classic category for me. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see what he can do with more uh, mainstream television time. And if uh, if this match with JD McDonough is any indication, sign me up for more of both of these guys, please. All right, in uh, low points, I have. Toxic Traction and Diamond Mine. The, oh, oh, go ahead, and, go ahead and finish, and then I'll ask you a question. The Dyad and Malik Blade and Idris Anofi. Thank you, thank you. And Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward. And Sangha and Ron Wagner. Okay, yeah. A lot, because a lot of this NXT episode was fucking god-awful. God-fucking-awful. Now, 
Now, it's very interesting to me because I don't have anything to add to that. I mean, you know, this, this is these are going to be two of our uh, all-time shortest reviews, but you have absolutely killed it in terms of the highs and lows, especially on NXT. Um, but let me let me ask you let me ask you a question. Go ahead. What? That was my arm. Oh, uh, okay. I, I thought you were playing some sort of joke on me. I couldn't quite figure it out. Um, but um, what is the point of Diamond Mine now? I don't know. Okay. Well, that makes two of us. Let me, let me ask you a, a follow-up question. What in the hell have they done to the former Grizzled Young Veterans? <laughs> These people look ridiculous. <laughs> and look, look they, they, you know, it's like they're trying, it's like a knockoff Wyatt family and a not, like a knockoff version of the righteous as well over in, in Ring of Honor. It, except in comparison, this is being done terribly. I don't buy into anything that Joe Gacy is doing. Nothing. Okay. At least when he had Harlan, you know, Parker Boudreaux, you know, I could kind of buy into it, you know, because he had like a true prophet in, uh, in, um, in, uh, Harlan. But, you know, what the fuck is going on with the schism or whatever the fuck they call themselves nowadays? It's, it's it's not working. Yep. And, and it's it's really upsetting, especially for the tag team, because these these two guys are one of the best tag teams in WWE, period. And and they're being reduced to this. Can we call can we call up the grizzled young veterans to the main roster? Can you imagine what would happen if we got rid of the brand split and merged the two tag team divisions and and got and got teams you know such, such as um you know the Usos the New Day uh, the Viking Raiders now granted I know the Viking Raiders are injured now because Eric is out again poor guy. Um, but especially with the momentum they were gathering, um, but um, you know, but this could be one hell of a badass um tag team division if you merge the the divisions, and the grizzled young veterans would be a perfect addition to to the main roster if you're trying to rebuild the tag team division because god damn those guys are are great at what they do. But this this current version, it's like get off my TV. Like they have go away heat with me. Um, it's just and and, and the name changes. I, I I know I know Elio has asked me why these name changes bother me so much, but Rip Fowler, fuck off. 
Good God, it, it sounds like a cross between an 80s porn star and a fucking bully straight out of the breakfast club. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just drives me absolutely nuts. Uh, is that all you have? Yeah. Right. Oh, and also, do you notice Apollo Cruz's eye injury or whatever? What? Okay, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you uh, you brought that up. What in the fuck are they doing with Apollo Cruz? What the fuck is this? First, first of all, you, you know he has been one of the most wasted talents, you know, since his debut. Because if you recall. Prior to him coming into um, the WWE, man, he had so much, you know, momentum and interest in his name, uh, you know, uh, as Uha Nation. I mean, he was a big deal coming into the company. And then he sits on, and this is through no fault of, of Apollo Chris, don't get me wrong. But he sits on his ass in, in catering because some, you know, Blithering bullshit artist of an old man can't get his shit together and understand the talent that he has. You, you know, so he he's stuck in catering for four years, um, and now and and now the last two times I've seen Apollo Cruz, the first time being, um, you know, in in that uh, talk show segment, that Instagram live segment with um, Grayson Waller. You know, he's, he loses his accent, so he looks like a knockoff Kofi Kingston from 2009. And, 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 now, and now he looks like he's, he's borrowed um, Rey Mysterio's missing eye from Mysterio's bullshit storyline with Seth Rollins back in the, day, in the day. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, you know, I I, I understand it's Halloween season, but Jesus Christ! Well, he's supposed to be selling a uh, Grayson Waller's poke to the eye. Oh uh, well, still, uh, but but now granted, but, but did it's you stupid? See, did you see how ridiculous that looked? Yeah, that's like, part of the side note. It was stupid. Fuck. You know, I just, it's that kind of stuff that just drives me absolutely bad shit. All right, so uh, that's all we have for NXT. We are now going to get into AEW Grand Slam. Part one. All right. Very good. So that, that would be my segment of the show. And by, by and large, folks, this was a very, very good show um now now before we get started um with well yeah before we get started with the highs and low points i'm just gonna tell you right off the bat the first match is a is a high point and the low point all wrapped up into one because claudio castagnoli versus chris jericho Great match. Great match. However, what in the name of the holy wrestling gods 
is Chris Jericho doing winning the ROH world title? Now, I put a lot of thought into this before we came on the air this evening. Um, and and par- pardon me if it seems like I'm, I'm going on a rant, but th- this is one of those situations, Elio, where I just, I can't help myself because I, Part of me is like, what the fuck? And then part of me is like legitimately trying to figure out why they had Chris Jericho win this match because it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I'm 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 trying for the life of me to find some shred of of logic in this situation. And and this is what I came up with. Okay. So first, we're going to talk about the negatives, and then we're then we're going to go into me trying to find a logical reason for this. Okay, because the match itself was was absolutely fine, good match, um, you know. But they put so much emphasis on Claudio, rightfully so, when he was signed to um, AEW. Great move, by the way. I love Claudio. Um, and um, you know, and they immediately put him in a, in a world title situation um, at Death Before Dishonor versus Jonathan Gresham. Um, and so even even before all the you know backstage um, stuff took place with with Gresham. I no, we're not taking calls right now, and, and your ringtone is fucking weird. What the hell? But um, but before I was interrupted, so so even before all the backstage stuff with um with Gresham, I was like, well, if they're gonna put Claudio in the ring, then obviously this is the time for him to win the title, and I thought. I thought Claudio winning the title was perfect because one, obviously he has tons and tons of history with Ring of Honor, um, and and two, this will also help ROH bring itself back into prominence because let's be honest, since AEW and Tony Khan have kind of purchased Ring of Honor and put it under the AEW umbrella by featuring it on AEW TV. Um, everybody's kind of been asking, well, what the hell are they doing with Ring of Honor? Is it is it a separate company or are they just going to bleed it into uh, Dynamite? And I've always been of the of the opinion that Ring of Honor has to stay stay separate from. AEW, and quite frankly, I don't want to see Ring of Honor championships being defended on AEW television because, by and large, Ring of Honor talent and AEW talent have nothing to do with each other and nothing to do with the AEW product, period. But having said all that, I really thought Claudio was was the right guy to get um, ROH into the next gear. Um, because um, because outside of two very good pay-per-views, we haven't heard anything about Ring of Honor or any future plans for Ring of Honor since 
Tony Khan cut that cracked out promo live on Dynamite where it looked like he was higher high as a kite. My name is Tony Khan, and earlier today I signed a deal to purchase the new Ring of Honor. I'm so excited that I purchased Ring of Honor. <laughs> I mean, what the what? I mean, to, to this day, I still go back on YouTube and watch that show or watch that announcement, and I'm like, what the fuck? Um, you know, and. And to that end, I'm still trying to figure out what they're doing with with uh, Ring of Honor, and but especially with Chris Jericho winning uh, the Ring of Honor World Title. Uh, Elio, uh, unless I'm missing something, I consider myself a pretty um, up to date guy with my wrestling knowledge. Um, so maybe you know something I don't. Does Chris Jericho have any history whatsoever with Ring of Honor? Nope. Okay, I didn't think so. So that was my first complaint. Like, okay, well, what the fuck? You know, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Chris Jericho doesn't have any name value in in relation to Ring of Honor. What the hell? Um, and then and then I started thinking. Well, you know, are they trying to use? Uh, Chris Jericho to to launch Ring of Honor kind of the same way that they used him as the face of AEW when AEW launched. And then I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, that might be the case. But then again, that makes no sense because, you know, when AEW started, it was a completely new entity. It didn't have any name value, didn't have any history. Um, to to live up to, it was a completely blank slate that needed a name, the the of the um of the caliber of a Chris Jericho to hold it up until I could get going. Which Chris Jericho did a fantastic job with that, and I'm I'm not taking anything away from Chris Jericho. Um, but Ring of Honor had his had history it has talent it has its own story it has its own it it has its own aura so to speak so it ring of honor doesn't need chris jericho to hold it up it just needs a solid plan as to where it's going it needs it needs a tv deal it needs its own roster it needs to have more than fucking two pay-per-views to hold it up um and so, from that perspective, th- this has this match in and of itself has to be a low point because I'm still trying to ask myself, what the fuck is Chris Jericho doing with the Ring of Honor World Title? Um, Elio, now that my now that my rant is over, do you have anything to add to this first match of the evening here? No, that that was a good match. It just doesn't make sense to have Chris Jericho win. Absolutely, and and you know, to to a certain extent, I think it damages Claudio. I I really do because because you know now now he just goes back to the Blackpool Combat Club, playing second fiddle to John Moxley, who's now a three is now a three time 
AEW champions. And, and so, um, at least when he was the Ring of Honor world world title holder, he was at least on semi-equal footing with Moxley. So from that perspective, too, that was fucked up. Um, let me uh, pull the uh, the card back up for Grand Slam, so we'll move on here. Um, so that that was the low point. So we'll we'll just continue with with low points before we move on to to the high. Um, Jade Car Jade Cargill and um, and uh, oh God, who who did she face? I'm I'm still trying to find that. You're on the wrong show. Oh oh. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, you're exactly right. Okay, so let's just focus on, on um. Yeah, I I opened the wrong tab. Hold up. Okay, here we go. So then after um. A- after the ROH World Title, um. The only other low points that I had, um. Was um. Oh God, let me see. Pack versus Orange Cassidy. Um, not that the match was bad, but it's just like why, you know. And then um, I really, I I really did not like. Um, well, now you know what I I can't give Pack and Orange Cassidy a low point. That's being too unfair. But what? But I will give the women's fatal four way a low point. Um, I didn't like that at all. And then, um, so yeah, those were the, the those were the, um, low points. And and high points was, um, was Swerve in our glory versus the Acclaimed. Um, I was really happy for the Acclaimed. That was a really good match. Um, and they had a, they had a star-making performance at um, at All Out, so I'm really glad that they were that they were able to use that momentum to finally win the championships. Because personally, I thought after the crowd reaction at All Out that they were going to call an audible and have um, and have uh, the acclaimed win the belt at All Out. But considering how this match turned out. I'm glad they didn't do that. So that was um that was good. And then um and then of course the the highest of high points for um for Dynamite Grand Slam was the main event John Mosley um defeating Brian Danielson to become a three time um AEW world title holder and thus Hopefully, we, we for the sweet love of the wrestling gods, we can stop this hot potatoing of the championship uh, now, now and settle it firmly on John Moxley for a while. Um, I'm very happy for John Moxley because I think he's been I think he's been the guy to hold AEW in place um, while all this bullshit with CM Punk and the um, and the elite have taken place. Um, the the more and more I think about it, the more and more fucked up I think that situation is. And you know, if if Tony Khan and company don't learn from this, 
then it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? But uh, shout out to John Moxley because I do think it was the right it was the right call to put the title on here. All right, uh, for high points, I have the Jericho match because it was good, but the, it's a low point as well because of who won. Oh, I've taught you well, my pad one. Very, very good. The next, I, I give the pack in Orange Cassidy. And I gave the women's uh, four way just for the ending. The match itself was bad. That was a low point. But the ending was uh, great. With uh, Paige's debut. Yeah, I agree. Low point I gave to Swerve and the acclaimed. Uh, it's because of a, I don't know, it's a more Keith Lee, that moonsault that he missed. I can see that. And the Willow you to interview. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't good. He, uh, I think Wheeler Yuta definitely needs um, William Regal to speak for him. If they're going to have more, you know, mic segments involving Wheeler Yuta. And now I have to ask you, are you a devil worshiper? I I love MJF. I, I do. So I'm going to say yes. I might go to hell for this, but I'm a devil worshiper. <laughs> Yeah, well, that makes two of us, so all hail MJF. All right, so we're going to go into commercial movie back shortly. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, Elliot, we are moving very, very quickly through these reviews. I love I love tonight's efficiency, so let's keep it going, shall we? All right. So we have SmackDown. Next up on the docket, and I don't know about you, buddy, um, but I may have to give uh, SmackDown this week's A show now. What do you think, man? This this one was very very good. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Um, I still have to go with the uh, Raw though. Oh, you you like Raw over SmackDown? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, 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 but you know, it. it but this was a good show, especially the first segment. Oh, absolutely. I love that, which we'll get into in a minute. But it, isn't it so refreshing and, and fun to be talking about WWE in a positive light? Yep. Like, I, I love that. I, I said for years that there, there's nothing that I would prefer more than being able to come on here and tell you that WWE has been much better of late. And I, I'm, we're finally getting that opportunity, and it's like, it's like a breath of fresh air. It really is. You know, these, these, these uh, shows are more fun to record. They flow nicely because I'm not, you know, I'm not, so angry, I can't even think straight. You know, I'm not having to justify segments such as, you know, Usi Hot, you know, or something else completely fucking ridiculous. 
Um, so, or like, you know, Symphony of Destruction. Uh, you know, remember Braun Strowman versus Elias? I'm like, God, no. That was such a great match. I really enjoyed it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next thing you're going to tell me is that it was good shit, pal. It was good shit. It was. It was good shit. That was so great. Oh, Anyway, yeah, next thing next thing you're gonna tell me is that you're gonna defend the virtues of Raw Underground. <laughs> Raw Underground sucked. <laughs> okay, so we we've reached a limit. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So let's let, let's keep the positive times rolling with the SmackDown review. Um and the high point of high points was this opening segment. With the bloodline, Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn. Oh my God, the the acting of of Jey Uso and Sami Zayn in particular made this segment because when um, when uh, Sami Zayn started to talk after um, Roman Reigns was giving his his original spiel to um to Solo Sokoa about how you know the elders of the family may have sent you here but I'm the uh, uh, but I'm the one you answer to and and after Solo acknowledged him and all that um and and they went to walk out of the ring and Sammy was like well hold on a second I you know I got something I want to say and you know bring you the attention and stuff like that and then Roman just cuts him off and goes, "I like you, Sammy, but why are you talking right now? What's what what's the what what's going on here?" And then he he gets progressively more upset, um, you know, and and you can just see Sammy shrinking before the authority of the of the tribal chief, like you know, like an unruly child who got his hand caught in a cookie jar before dinner, you know. And um, and it 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 was just, it was just glorious because the entire time that Sammy is seemingly getting ringed by by Roman Reigns, Jay Uso is behind everybody. Like the rest of the rest of the bloodline is standing obediently behind Roman, and, and Jay is just pacing like a caged dog, getting you know getting ready to. You know, kick Sammy Zane's ass out of the bloodline. Um, but then, so that was the that was one of the first things I noticed. But getting back to what Roman was saying, um, you, you know, so he's getting progressively angrier at Sammy Zane for the, the gall of him to interrupt, and uh, you know, it it culminates in saying. You know, take that shirt off. Why are you wearing a bloodline shirt? Why are you wearing our shirt? You know, take it off. I'm not going to ask you again. Take it off. And then, you know, and then Sammy Zane's apologizing for last week. And, you know, he doesn't really know what to say, but he's just trying to get out of trouble with the tribal chief. And then, um, and then, and, yeah. <laughs> I just saw a picture, a funny picture on uh, Messenger in the Messenger group chat. What? What? 
of, Sam, uh, of Sami Zayn's Wikipedia page. Oh, you'll have to send me that. I'm going to send it to you right now. But anyway, so, um, so then, then Roman six Jay on, on, uh, Sammy to get his shirt off and Jay just rips the shirt off and, and, and um, it seems like the, the seconds left in, in Sammy's run with the bloodline are rapidly dwindling. And, and Roman says, I never want to see you wear a bloodline shirt again. Because I got you a new one, and he ta- and he tosses the shirt to Sa- to Sammy. Sammy, uh, Sammy, um, you know, looks at the shirt, turns it to the camera, and the shirt says S Z honorary use. And you know, he he puts on the shirt like it's his favorite, like it's his favorite Christmas present he's ever received, and he's all happy. You know, once again, he does that that intricate handshake with Jimmy. You know, cause Jimmy and Solo like him, and and Jay doesn't. And so Solo and Jimmy are, are like, "Yay, Sammy!" <laughs> and Jay's just looking at him like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me with this shit!" I, you know, that that entire um segment was just tremendous, and um. Let me open up the uh, the messenger so I can sh- share your uh, mirth. Hopefully, hold on. <laughs> so here's oh god, it says Remy Civil Anawai is a Canadian slash Samoan professional wrestler. He is currently signed to WWE where he is on the SmackDown brand under the ring name Sammy Uso and is a blood relative of the bloodline. <laughs> that, is, that is fucking tremendous. That is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a screenshot of that and that's gonna be the cover art for this episode. <laughs> That is absolutely the cover <laughs> art for this episode. Do you agree? That is yeah, that works. Um, speaking of cover art, you should get back into doing that before we you get too deep into you know old episodes. Mm-hmm. But in, anyway, um, but I I thought that entire opening statement was just absolutely tremendous. That was one of the best smack. That was one of the best SmackDown segments I can remember in quite a long time. That was awesome. So we go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Quite frankly, Elio, the lowest of lows, because we have a a, a divas ma- a divas match, and I say divas on purpose because that's exactly what this felt like. Liv Morgan versus Lacey Evans. Stupendous match. I enjoyed every minute. Oh, oh, go fuck yourself. It it was horrific. (laughs) It wasn't. No, it was was great. You know, if I didn't have, if if I didn't have faith that you were being 100% sarcastic, 
I, I would I would hit the mute button on your on your Zoom room here, bro. Because good God, what a terrible take. That that's um, you know what that is? That's Bubba Ray level terrible. That's uh, that's um. Oh oh, I know. That's that's Ryan Satin level terrible. <laughs> good God. <laughs> That, 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 was, just... that was a bad match. I, I thought that thing on Lacey's face with her hair, but it was actually paint. Yeah, I, 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 I took it took me a minute to figure out that that was actually paint as well. So that's funny. Um, but um, then the the next the next low point as well was. New day, new day versus maximum male models. God, only one, I, I, I thought there was only one high point. No, 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 that was that no, was no, I, no. I thought there was. I thought there was only one high point with that. What? With that, with that match. The fact that it was only two minutes. No, it's sad that at the end Max Dupree walked out. Yeah, guy, he got all mad. So hopefully, hopefully to Elio's point, that means that this maximum male models uh, gimmick is coming to an end. One can only dream because this is terrible. Um, the ne- the next low point I had was Dakota Kai and Bi- Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Um, I don't know Dakota. I'm sorry, I'm all tongue tied here. Um, it was. It was Dakota Kai versus Raquel um, Rodriguez, accompanied by Bailey and Eos Kai. That's why I was all time tied. Um, and I hate saying this, but this has to be a low point. This match sucked. And what? And what is it, Elio? I know we've had this conversation before, but please help me. You're the wise man of this podcast, aren't you? I am. I'm Paul Heyman. What's up? What in the hell is the deal with these lame roll-up finishes in WWE? I hate them. Terrible. I just, they are god-awful and, and just atrocious. So that was your, your next low point. Um, and then high points-wise, um, outside of the opening segment, um, we had. Let me just scroll back up to the top. I'm actually going. I'm actually going to surprise the hell out of out of my pod out of my podcast co-host because for the first time and perhaps only time in the history of this podcast, I am going to give Braun Strowman a high point. Braun Strowman versus Otis was very very fun. My co-host has uh, had a meeting with Braun and uh, Dave. Uh, I'm not in differences. <laughs> well, no, we have not. But you know, but at least with this, you can never say that I'm not fair in my criticisms, because I I actually thoroughly enjoyed this uh this match with Braun Strowman and Otis. This was a lot of fun. Uh, ne- next up in terms of in terms of um, high points. We have uh, a uh, segment with Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross 
challenges McIntyre to a strap match at Extreme Rules? No, it was McIntyre that uh, ch- that said challenge cross this strap match. Oh, that's what I meant. What did I say? You say Karen Cross. No, I no, I'm I'm sorry. I, I meant uh, McIntyre challenge Cross to a strap match, which was accepted by Cross after he put, um, as he was putting McIntyre to sleep in the Cross jacket. Um, so that that was that was really good. Uh, and then that'll take us. Oh, oh, and of course the the main event for the uh, undisputed tag team titles. The Usos versus um, the Brawling Brutes. Um, this was much better than I had anticipated, especially considering Ridge Holland's participation because any match that he's in, um, prepared to give it a low point. I'm just not impressed with Ridge Holland, but uh, this, was a, this was a good showing, and so this gets a high point to close out SmackDown. All right, very good. And I have the same. All right, let's get into the Grand Slam Part 2. Grand Slam Part 2. And, and ladies and gentlemen, enjoy this segment of the review because I have to be honest with you. Elio, this may be the very last time that we ever review Rampage on this show unless the, unless the format of the show is drastically changed. I can't, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot describe to you how painful Rampage is to witness. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it is difficult for me to fathom that the same company that puts out Dynamite is capable of, of putting out this steaming pile of dog shit known as Rampage. Now, granted, per... Um, certain aspects of this Rampage episode were good given the talent involved in the matches, and we'll get into that with the, with the highs and lows in just a second, but but I just I just, I just have to give you that um, that public service announcement ahead of time, because god damn, Rampage by and large, absolutely positively, unequivocally sucks. So, um, with that in mind, the, the first high point of, of the evening was the, the first match, which was the no disqualification, Buddy Matthews and Brody King versus Sting and Darby Allen. Now, this match was very, very good. There were, there were two parts of this that I want to call attention to, both of which involved tables. Now, Sting, at 63 years old, is a crazy, crazy, crazy motherfucker. I mean, this guy allowed uh, Brody King to shove him off the top rope, sending him through two tables at 63 years old. Holy shit. The The fact that Sting could still draw breath after that is absolutely shocking. Um... Now, on the low end of the spectrum, as it relates to, to table spots, um, so Julia Hart gets knocked off the apron 
and she completely misses the table and just goes crashing into the floor. I literally thought we had witnessed a uh, a uh, big E type injury. The way she landed, I, I was like, oh, holy shit. But apparently she tweeted everybody and she's she's fine. Thank God for that. I I am so happy to hear that because the la- I say this I say the same thing when I watch football. You know, I understand that this isn't ballet and with wrestling and football, you know, injuries happen. It's just part of the part of the game. But I Absolutely hate it when I witness it. You know, I had a visceral reaction when um, when Matt Hardy got hurt during I, I believe it was the first uh, stadium stampede match. Um, you know, and I I had the, the same kind of reaction when I when I saw this spot go wrong with Julia Hart. So I'm very happy um, that she's okay. But overall, the match was a high point. Um, I'm a, I'm a very, um, I'm a very big Brody King fan. Um, the, the second high point of, of the evening was, um, Jungle Boy versus Ray Phoenix. I mean, if, if you were going to go back and watch a one match, I would say go back and watch this one. Cause I mean, I just, Wow. But however, on the on the constructive criticism constructive criticism side of things, as good as this match was, I was asking myself why it was taking place because um, you know these two have nothing to do with each other um, by and large, and you know considering some of the feuds that were coming to an end tonight. I'm staying in Darby Allen uh, and House of Black being an example. I was wondering why this match was on the card. Just from a storytelling perspective. Um, the, the, the next high point I had was um, was uh, Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs. Um, this is what they're all-out match should have been. If I had gotten this match at all-out, I would have been ha- I would have been happy as hell because that was one of the matches I was looking forward to, and that was it was just another victim of AEW's time management problem. That, that that's still in the book. Well, and it, as it should be, in my opinion, and. and I'm uh, I'm very glad that it that it's still in the book because, you know, I just, you know, that's one of my major pet peeves with AEW, um, you know, and time management, you know, played a played an issue in this show, um, because if you if you can if you count, um, I think. I could be wrong. Let me let me count the the number of um, the number of, of matches that we had um, tonight. We or not 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 tonight. I'm sorry. Um, the um, 
Last thing. For, for Rampage. We had eight matches in a two-hour show. Why? Why? Which, which takes me to my low points, ladies and gentlemen. Which takes me to my low points. You know, I really... I really don't fucking understand that this company's need to put everything on every fucking show. And and I have and I think you'll understand my point, Elio, when I when I get done here. So so instead of giving instead of giving you just straight up low points, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through each match and you tell me in your opinion, if you think that this match should have been on this rampage card, okay? okay. I have I have a point. So the the first match of the evening, how's the Black versus Sting and Darby Allen on the show or off? <clears throat> Darby Allen should not be beating Brody King. A big guy like Brody King. Okay, well, so that's certainly that's certainly. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Okay, we'll leave that one on. We can okay. leave that one on. Matt Menard and Angelo Parker versus the Action Bronson and Hook. Off. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Next up, Samoa Joe and Warlow um, versus uh, oh god, who did who did they? Oh yeah, Samoa Joe and Warlow versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. Oh. Absolutely, I agree. Uh, Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix. We leave them on. Yeah, so they don't have anything to do with each other, but it wasn't a bad match. No, I agree. I That's why I gave it a high point. Um, Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah, we'll show, we'll, they finally gave him their match. We'll leave that one on as well. Okay. Match six for the TBS Championship. Jade Cargill versus Diamante. No. Off. Off. Okay, yeah, I agree. Uh, match seven, the Golden Ticket Battle Royal, which was won, which was won by Adam Page. Off. Off. I agree. Um, and then uh, main, main event, Ricky Stark versus Will Hobbs. On or off? On. Okay. So according to my count, you said off for for um four out of these eight matches, correct? Yep. Okay. So that in and of itself illustrates the time management problem of this company because the pacing of this show was all over the place. You know, it was like you know, it was just like boom, 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 boom end of show, you know. It's just if you took if you took you know two to four matches off the card, then each each match has plenty more time to tell the story you're trying to tell, 
lead to better quality matches and a better quality show. I'm not saying this show was bad, but you're you already had D- Dynamite, which was labeled Gr- Grand Slam. Now you're gonna have Rampage, which is which is labeled Grand Slam. Which one is it? Which one is the special show? See what I mean? Yeah. And by taking four of these matches off, you can make each of these shows more prestigious and make them worthy of the Grand Slam title. You know, it's like, um, you know, Dynamite was definitely worthy worthy of the Grand Slam title. This one, no. <laughs> but you gotta be fucking kidding me! I'm a sports guy. There's no way this show was a was a Grand Slam. This this show wasn't even a goddamn you know solo home run. Pardon the motherfucking pun. This was episode number sixty. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. By, by and large, I have been drastically underwhelmed by Rampage. I don't know what I don't know what the problem is, but it's like I said earlier. It's hard for me to believe that Dynamite and Rampage are produced by the same company. It really is. Um, so that takes us to the end of. Um, Rampage Grand Slam review, and it looks like we're going to get into the fun stuff. Um, Elliot, do you have any um, last commentary before we move on? Nope. Actually, before we get into the fun stuff, I have two show results uh, that I just found. Cool. So last night, uh, um, uh, yeah, okay, we'll do this one. Last night, Impact had a pay-per-view. Did they? Victory Road. Uh, okay, I didn't know that. Neither did I. And then we had 10 matches on this card. So the pre-show had a six-man tag match. Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Juice Robinson defeating Jack Price, Jason Hodge, and Shogun. So the okay. first, and uh, we also had Tasha Steeles defeating, uh, Tasha Steeles and Killer Kelly went to no contest. Now the first uh, match of the evening was for the Impact Wrestling X Division Championship. Speedball Mike Bailey defeating Delirious to retain the championship. Delirious was wrestling? What the fuck? Motor City Machine Guns uh, defeated PCO and Vincent. Oh, well, the leader of the righteous isn't happy. Mickey James defeated Giselle Shaw, which is a good thing because if Giselle Shaw defeated Mickey James, Mickey James would have had to retire. That was the stipulation put on that match. Okay, well, then you knew that was going to happen. To be honest with you, I've never heard of Giselle Shaw. Neither have I. Then we had an eight-way elimination match. Frankie Kazarian defeating Alex Zane, Black Taurus, Kenny King, Laredo Kid, Mia Yim, Trey Miguel, and Yuya Yamura. Okay. Then we had a six-person tag. Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, and Mike Bennett defeating Heath, Josh Alexander, and Rich Swan. Jordan Grace defeated Max Dean Paler along with Father Jim Mitchell. 
And then the main event, a barbed wire three-way match, Steve Macklin defeated Moose and Sammy Callahan. Well, that's surprising. Who did you who did you say James Pencil was with? Max Steam Paler. Oh, oh goddamn. Stop. Sorry about that. Um Max but, uh, Yeah, Max wait a minute, hold on. Let me check something here. Okay, Maxine Paler was in ROH and also in AEW as who? What? As who? Okay, uh, oh, uh, she was uh, Maxine Paler in, in AEW. She had two matches on Dark Elevation. No wonder I don't recognize the name. Yeah, I, I, well, who gives a fuck about Dark or Elevation, quite frankly? But, but, but that, that's weird. Uh, Impact Wrestling is weird. See, they also do, they do a terrible job of promoting their shows and their pay-per-views. Oh, well, I would agree. I would agree, actually. All right. So before we get into the next card that I found, uh, we're gonna go into commercial. All right. So NXT had a show in Fort Pierce, Florida, at Fen Center last night, and I have the results in front of me right now. Cool. So we had Channing Lorenzo defeating Quincy Elliott. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, good because I I hate Quincy Elliott. Uh, Jesus, what? Axiom defeated Trick Williams. There is justice in the world. Joe Gacy defeated Dante Chen. Okay. Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark won a three way, defeating uh, Toxic Attraction and Diamond Line. Ivy Nile and Tina Paxley. Wesley defeated Damon Kemp. Roxanne Perez and Saul Ruka defeated Ariana Grace and Keanu James. And in the main event, Apollo Crews and Braun Breaker defeated Grayson Waller and J.D. McDonough. Who? I'm sorry, who defeated who? Apollo Crews and Braun Breaker defeated Grayson Waller and J.D. McDonough. Oh, okay. Cool. So those are here. Uh, NXT Fort Pierce show. Oh, All right. And we'll be back with the fun stuff. Actually, Great. actually, um, I have a list of the fifteen, the top fifteen best wrestling movies ranked. Oh God! All right, are you ready for this? Absolutely. And number fifteen, we have No Holds Barred. I'm surprised that that didn't go higher. At fourteen, we have Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies. From 2014. Oh, oh, Jesus. Okay. This is a movie which opens with Shane Douglas accidentally killing a rest- another wrestler in the ring during an indie show. And that wrestler's brother decides vengeance can be can best be exacted by raising an army of the undead to take Douglas out. Oh god. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, that I, I actually I actually met Shane Douglas backstage once. Um and he was he was just like the nicest guy. Cool. Oh no. At number thirteen. Ready to rumble. Oh my god. I saw this at the theaters. No, 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 no. What I did? Uh, no, I I know, but you know, to be honest with you, 
Uh, ready to ready to rumble was not very good. David Arquette. No. <laughs> no. Then we have at number twelve. We have the main event, which is a Netflix movie for the uh, Netflix production deal with WWE Films. Never heard of it. All right. At number eleven, we have Cage Fighter Worlds Collide. Which stars MMA fighter Alex Montagnani and AEW's John Moxley playing fictionalized versions of themselves. Cool. At number 10, we have Queens of the Ring from 2012, a subtitled French comedy co produced by WWE Films, featuring cameos by Eve Torres, CM Punk, and the Vaude Villains. Oh, God. At number nine, Paradise Alley with Sylvester Stallone. This one I really want to watch. I'm going to get on that soon and check this one out. From 1978. Yep, never heard of it. Number eight, we have Nacho Libre with Jack Black. Oh, the What a geez. stupid movie. Oh, God. Well, I never saw it, but please. No, it's stupid. <laughs> and number seven, we have Kayfabe, a fake real movie about a fake real sport from 2007. You know, I, I, I hate it when people call wrestling fake. And you're, you're going to be, be, watch, you're going to be surprised by this. Okay, this movie flew under the radar on its release, but it won several awards on the film festival circuit. A mockumentary like This Is Spinal Tap or The Office. Kayfabe follows a group of indie wrestlers as they experience the last few weeks of their promotion. Funny, insightful, and full of inside references for those of us who know way too much about sports. And, oh, uh, Lord. This was actually a film um, was uh, written by a former part-time pro wrestler. So a performer, part-time pro wrestler wrote this movie. Uh, well, at least that gives it some level of credibility, right? Then we have from 2020, at number six, we have from 2021, Rumble, which is an animated movie. The only animated film to make our list, Rumble is a recent CGI movie featuring the voices of both Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch. It's a story of Winnie, a kid trying to save her hometown, by making sure the local community stadium doesn't close down, with the twist being that the stadium is home is home to a monster wrestling promotion. The big draw, Tentacular, is headed to greener pastures, and if he leaves the fans and their money, leave with him. So it's up to Winnie and second generation grappler Rayburn Jr. to save the day. Holy shit. <laughs> what the? <laughs> what? That's now, hilarious. Now, here are your top five. And number five, Santo in the Treasure of Dracula from 1969. Now, no. now, do you know who Santo is? No. Santo is a legendary Mexican wrestler, and he's really big in Mexico, not only for Lucha Libre, but he's also um, well known for like the Spanish movies, uh, Spanish movies that he's uh, been in. Okay. 
This is just one of them from the sixties that he he was in. Very cool. So like he's uh, a he's a legend down in Mexico. I'll have to look him up. And number four, we have Foul King from two thousand. Keeping with <laughs> keeping with our trend of international pro wrestling cinema, Foul King is a well received movie from South Korea. It follows the life of Daiho. A financial advisor who has become used to the pressures of a job and bullying of his superiors. After getting stuck in a chokehold, Daiho joins a local pro wrestling gym and commits to the training. He doesn't make the cut at first, but after a financial banker insists on a new heel for the school, the foul king persona is bored as Daiho learns the heel tactics that make him a superstar. Say that. Read that again. Okay. Keeping with our trend of international pro wrestling cinema, Foul King is a well-received movie from South Korea. It follows the life of Dai Ho, a financial advisor who has become used to the pressures of his job and bullying of his superiors. After getting stuck in a chokehold, Daiho joins a local pro wrestling gym and commits to the training. He doesn't make the cut at first, but after a financial backer insists on a new heel for the school, the Foul King persona is born as Daiho learns the heel tactics that make him a superstar. Oh god. <laughs> and number three, we have the 2019 movie Fighting With My Family. I never saw that, but I heard it was decent. Yeah, that was pretty good. I really enjoyed that movie. And number two, we have The Peanut Butter Falcon. What? The Peanut Butter Falcon. I'm not sure how this uh, fits in. So I'm not even going to bother trying to understand. And the number one movie, can you guess what number one movie is? Uh... No. From 2008, at number one, we have The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, so those are the top 15 ranked wrestling movies. (laughs) This this is weird. Yeah, it was. I agree. We'll be back because I have a couple of uh, music lists for you. Okay, cool. All right, Ben. So I've decided to let you out of your contract uh, with uh, my company. So I'm sending you to another company. Oh, Lord. Where am I going? So what you're going to do is, you know, the drill of two seconds and stop. All right. Okay. All right. And go. Stop. Oh, sorry. Let's try, let's try it again. And go. Stop. Oh. The fans, I wanna, I wanna wish my uh, co-host all the best in his future endeavors because he will be going. <laughs> he will be going over to New Japan. Oh Lord. <laughs> Good luck, sir. You know what? 
Let me pull up uh, my Google Drive because I want to see what your first match in New Japan is going to be. Or what your first, what your next match overall is going to be. So you know the drill. Oh, oh, don't wait. Let me do it in. I already know the drill. Stop. Ooh. Okay. This should be interesting. Oh, God. You're going to be facing Taz. <laughs> well, at least we know Tony will be cheering for me. In a coffin match. That, that, that's just a weird match. What? That's a weird match, but I like it. In a backyard wrestling. Oh, dear. Well, then at least I'd have plenty of weapons. <laughs> so there you go. There's your, there is your first match as a member of New Japan. They're going to send you to do backyard wrestling. With Taz, a lot of people. Right? Okay, <laughs> now... So I I totally have a couple of music lists for you. So you know the drill. I'm gonna like I'm gonna play all ten themes and then I'm gonna tell you what order they're in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Oh, let me uh redo. Oh. Here we go. First of all, let me tell you right now, at number 10, we have Owen Hart. Oh, already this list is not getting off to a very auspicious beginning. At number nine, we have Goldust. Okay. At number eight, we have The Rock. Mm -hmm. I don't like that very much. At number seven, we have Bret Hart. Well, Bret Hart only made number seven. Okay, I think I might have an aneurysm. Okay, we'll be back in a second. All right, we have at number five, we have the Boogeyman. Oh, God. At number four, we have the Undertaker. Oh, dear. At number, (laughs) sorry, one. 
So the boogeyman made it up, made it above Brad Hart. Undertaker above the boogeyman. Um. Well, that's justifiable, but here still. We go, here we go. We have top three at number three. Triple H. Okay. At number two, Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And, and then number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, that that's to be expected. I, I, so I really don't have it as big of a problem as uh, with that list as I was anticipating. All right. Let's see if I can find uh, the other one. And I have. All right. This should be interesting. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let me just, uh, okay. All right, here we go. Okay. At number nine, Oscar. Okay. And number eight, Maria. Uh, you're gonna put Maria above Oscar. What the fuck is that? And, <laughs> and number seven, Bianca Belair. Okay. And number six, Chris Jericho. Wow, that was a low landing for him. And number five, Christian. Mm, I would put Chris Jericho above Christian. That's just me. And number four, Eddie Guerrero. No, no, no. <laughs> fuck you. No, no. You're in your top three. And number three, Shawn Michaels. Okay. Okay. And number two, Lita. Okay. And number one, Edge. Uh, <laughs> you're going to put Edge above Eddie Guerrero. Okay. <laughs> you all right? No, no wonder you're so, you're so selective with the list you put on this show. If you know what's going to happen. No, I, I, I didn't even hear that list until just now. I only heard, like, Bianca Bella and Maria before I saved it to my iPad for the show tonight. Cool. All right, so we will be back with 
Wrestling Roulette. Very good. All right, it's time for Wrestling Roulette. I play 10 seconds of 21 themes. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. Ben, are you ready for your first one? Yes, sir. Here we go. That's Tori Wilson. That is Tori Wilson. How do you always get that one? Because I've always had a crush on Tori Wilson. All right. That's why. Uh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Yo, it's me. It's me. It's D-L-E-O-C. <laughs> Okay. The worst stalker in WWE history, DDP. DVD. Alright, here we go. You, you look so good to me. Billy and Chuck. No, it is not. Rico, you bitch ass motherfucker. Whatever. I have the runway in here written in front of me. Uh, well, we know whose theme that is. The runway. Nobody's ever heard of. This. You know what? I bet that's what their name. Their t- I bet that's what their team name was. Was and they just used Billy and Chuck. No, you're right. It's three and three. No, I'm. I'm saying I think that was the name they never gave them. Yeah. Here we, here we go. I'm not sure. That is Jeff Jarrett. Boo. All right, three and one. Here we go, number five. <laughs> Santino Morella. Santino Morella. I'm sorry, I let that go on a little too long because I was having fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care what y'all say. A Trish Stratus. Trish Stratus, and she just had surgery. Well, I hope everything turned out okay. Yeah, she uh, had her appendix removed. Oh, yeah. Emer- emergency appendectomy, no fun. Yep, well, because they said if uh, she didn't have moved, it was going to burst, so she is at home recovering now. Ah, well, that's very good. Yep. Get well soon, Trish. Absolutely. We almost went to school together. What? We almost went to school together. We almost went to the same school she went to. Oh, very good. Almost, but uh, the one Edge went to accepted me first. Because I put applications in a boat school. Oh, very good. All right, here we go. That's five, right? Yeah. That's, uh... 
Tommy Dreamer? No. Who was it? That is uh, Sandman. Oh, shit. Okay. Five and two. Track number eight. Here we go. I have no earthly idea. <laughs> that is Tommaso Ciampa. Oh, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> never heard that version. No, it's his new one. Okay, well, then we're not going to count that because that's atrocious. So I'm, 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 pulling, I'm pulling my host card on that one. Still five and two. Okay, man, I'm going to have to give it a listen. I'm going to have to listen to the full, the full one later on because I just want to see what, if it's bad or what. Because Death Rebel puts out garbage. Yeah, well, five and two. Five and two, here we go. Okay, that can't be your answer. Otherwise, I can't give it to you. Do drop. All right, six and two. Here we go. Track number nine. Yeah. I don't know. There's Io Shirai. God. Is that a new one? That's terrible. No, that's uh, that's her uh, NXT thing. Her first one, Genius of the Sky. Oh, oh well, it didn't sound like it. Yeah. So six and three. Yeah. Here you go, track number ten. Are you ready? Yep. They say I don't, I don't like that song. No, I don't either. All right, seven and three. Here we go. Uh, I don't know. That is gold dust. Oh, oh, well, it didn't sound like it. Maybe yeah. the bit at the end there, but it didn't sound like it. Okay. All right, so it was, uh, seven and four. Right. Natalia, eight and four. All right, track 13. You ready? I think yeah. we do it before we get cut off. Yeah. Track 13. I'm going to kick myself. Oh. I don't know. Oh. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, you give up. Um. Oh. Yeah. Bailey. Oh shit. <laughs> Eight and five. Oh. Okay. Here we go. Track uh, fourteen. Roderick Strong. Nobody gives a shit. Okay. <laughs> eight, and okay, eight and six. Losing momentum here, but I don't know. That is Saray. So eight and seven. Okay. Warrior. All right, nine and seven. Yep. That must be a new one because that's not H at the beginning, but Ricochet. Ricochet. All right, so it's uh. Ten and seven. Yeah, ten and seven. All right, track eighteen. Here we go. Imperium. Imperium. 11 and 7. Alright, here we go. Track 19. Uh, I'm going to kick myself, but I don't know. That is Mickey James. Oh. Well, sorry. Alright, 12 and 7. I mean, oh, no, 12, no, 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 Sure. That is Billy Gunn and the Honky Dog Man. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> All right, so 11 and 9. Yeah. So, uh, track 20. Okay, so the last one, Ben. Cool. Not a clue. That is Rick Boogs. Oh dear. All yeah, right. He, he hasn't been seen since WrestleMania. Poor guy. Nope. All right. So that is the end for Wrestling Roulette. Eleven and ten. No well bad. Done. Well done. So um, 
we are running out of time here, so we're gonna call it. We're gonna end the show for the week, and uh, we'll be back next week. So this has been the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night to the fans. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. I appreciate it. Welcome to the-